don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everybody. Happy Labor Day weekend. Happy last gasp of summer. I am getting all I can out of these final moments. Summer is the time when I truly feel the most alive, most joyous, and where I don't have to wear a jacket or coat nonstop. So I am mourning these final days and yet trying to do my best to live them up. That said, I am not going to miss an opportunity to podcast with you. So before I jump in the car and go to my friend's country house with my family, I wanted to record an episode and ship it out to you so you have something to listen to while you're lounging by the pool. So today I was approached, I wasn't actually approached today, but I'm recording today, by Simon Sanders. Some of you may know him because he has a podcast called Entrepreneur Decoded, and I was a guest, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. So I guess he's starting a new podcast or a blog or something where he asks podcasters why they do what they do, how they got involved. He asks some pretty nitty-gritty questions about starting a podcast, about why someone would want to podcast, about how much money you make when you podcast. So I figured that I would, of course, contribute to what he's doing because I love, you know, being a part of things. But also, I thought I might as well share my answers with you. So this episode, I'll be answering his questions, sharing my thoughts about podcasting and how our podcast works, and giving you sort of a glimpse behind the podcast curtain. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Betsy Helmuth, and I have a podcast called Big Design, Small Budget. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts, and also you can catch us on bigdesignsmallbudget.com. A typical episode of mine is really devoted to sharing design tips, giving secrets, giving insider knowledge that interior designers keep to themselves, but I love to share it to reveal how I work, to talk about things I'm doing with my clients. I really like to get into the nitty gritty and give people a real sense of how easy, approachable, and formulaic interior design can be. I want to demystify the process so people feel really empowered to design on their own. Uh, In terms of the length of a typical episode, it's usually between 18 and 20 minutes. I love for it to be a little bite-sized chunk that you can listen to while you're commuting. I have been podcasting now for over two years. I think I started my first one sometime in March of 2015. So I have over 100 episodes. I think I'm at like 120 right now. And when I first started, it was more talking about topics like shopping at Ikea or looking for the perfect rug. But now that I've kind of exhausted all those topics from armchairs to the color orange, uh, now I take a lot of listener questions and I love having guests. A recent guest of mine was a psychotherapist who deals a lot with clients who are in tumultuous situations, be it going through a move to a new house or 
conflicting viewpoints with their partner in terms of style. So those are situations that I face every day as well, working with my design clients. And so it's very interesting to see how she tackles things versus how I tackle things. So I loved getting that insight into what a psychotherapist does in those situations. But I've had stylists on, I've had chefs on who cook affordably in extravagant ways. So it's just been a really interesting journey. And now, rather than just giving out tips, I love to learn from guests, as well as learning from your crises, because you're sending in pictures, my listeners are sending in floor plans, and I'm able to really dive in and help more on a one-to-one basis. In terms of my progress, you know, basically, I went into podcasting without a clear goal in mind. I knew that I wanted to share my tips on a broader scale. I have a book, I teach classes, I have online classes as well, but I really thought that having a podcast would take it to the next level in terms of being able to get my message out there that design really is a right and not a privilege and that everyone should be empowered with some tools so that they can do it on their own and live in a house that they love. So I figured podcasting would be a great way to reach a larger audience. But the real reason I think I started a podcast is because I personally became a podcast addict. I listen to podcasts like I'm eating potato chips. I cannot stop at just one. I pop them in whenever I'm in the car, if I'm making dinner, if I'm washing the dishes, if I'm walking the dog, you better believe I'm podcasting. And by podcasting, I mean listening to these podcasts as well. My favorite podcasts are Dear Sugar. I love crime podcasts, true crime podcasts. I listen to a few business podcasts. I used to listen to a lot more, but I found that I really use podcasts to kind of de-stress and to really enjoy free time. So listening to those business podcasts or any podcasts about this specific industry, interior design shows, was making me more stressed and a little bit anxious, and it just wasn't the vibe I wanted to have during my off time. So I've really been segueing into these different kinds of storytelling podcasts as well, like Modern Love. So those are a few of my favorites. And I truly love being a guest on podcasts because now I know what's interesting to listen to. I love it when people are really genuine and share tips and advice that's a little bit gritty, a little bit personal. I just really sense the value of the overshare because that's what really hooks people in and gives them a takeaway that feels different than all the other podcasts out there. So I try even in my own podcast to give specific examples of how I design with my family in mind, of what works for me and what doesn't really work, even though I love it in magazines. I try to keep it real, basically. I never really considered any alternative ideas in terms of a podcast. What I know best is interior design. The other thing that I feel like I'm getting really strong at that I have opinions on that I would love to share is being an entrepreneur. Having my own business for 12 years, having employees, having freelance contractors, having over 1,500 clients personally, I feel like I have real insights into customer service, into mission-driven businesses, into 
just running the day-to-day of a business, marketing, etc. So that's another place where I feel I do have expertise, but it never really occurred to me to start a business podcast because I certainly don't feel like I've mastered these things, even though I would say I spend as much of my time day-to-day dealing with entrepreneurial issues as I do interior design issues. In terms of launching the podcast, it was really very straightforward. And that's because I reached out to one of my favorite podcasters. I reached out to Katherine Heller. She has a podcast called The Struggle Bus that she hosts um, with Sally Tamarkin, and it's a favorite of mine. But she also has a podcast called Tell the Bartender, and we actually went to college together many moons ago. So I saw that she was rocking it at podcasting, and her podcasts always sounded amazing, which I think really sets shows apart because if a show sounds bad, no matter what the content is, I really won't spend time listening to it. I need that good quality. But at the same time, I don't have the hours in the day or the inclination to edit my own podcast, to find that intro music, to make it sound professional so that it's actually a viable show that people will listen to. So I reached out to her and I said, Catherine, how do you do this? Would you do this for me? If I sent you my raw files, could you make it sound pretty? Could you get me an announcer to do a cool intro? And she said, sure. So that has been a really great connection. She has since opened a company called The Podcast Shop. But basically, I just record in my storefront here in Dobbs Ferry. So sometimes you will hear a little bit of background noise. Or I record at my house, depending on what's quieter at which day. And then I just send her the raw garage band files. And she turns it into something pretty. And I'm so grateful. Uh, It's not at no expense. So definitely the podcast costs me more money than it brings in at this point, which has been a little bit of a bummer because essentially it's just a labor of love. And it's time for that to change because after two years of spending more than I make, it's getting difficult to sustain. So I'm really going to be pouring some energy and some love this fall into increasing my premium member rate. Because right now I do have a premium membership model where people can pay $3.99 a month or $39.99 a year and they can get access to my archives of over 100 episodes. They get a weekly bonus episode. So there's truly a lot of value there. But I haven't been emphasizing it enough, I feel. And so really, I only earn a fraction of what it costs to produce the show. And that's been a little bit disheartening. Another way that I've attempted to monetize the show is by putting commercials for my design services or my book or new promotions that we're launching into the show. Because unless you have a listenership of over 10,000 downloads a month, you're really not a viable candidate for commercials by outside sponsors. Additionally, when I listen to podcasts that have outside sponsors, sometimes it feels disingenuous. Sometimes it feels really clunky and weird. For instance, I listen to a lot of crime podcasts, as I'd mentioned before. So when they segue into a commercial, immediately drop this really compelling, typically true crime story they're telling and start talking about a mattress company or a food delivery service that they personally use, 
or even an underwear company. There is a really big contingent of this underwear company commercial. It just feels really weird. Like, I don't want to know what kind of underwear the FBI detective that I listen to week in and week out wears. So I just didn't love that component of it. Even though there are certainly companies that I adore, that I would love to promote, sometimes it feels like a weird transition between the content and the message of the show and then these commercials that get a little bit too personal in strange ways. I don't want to know what you're cooking for dinner. Just tell me about the evidence you found before you, you know, caught the bad guy. So there we go. Uh, In terms of how people found me, when I first started podcasting, I made a little error. So I called my podcast Big Design Small Budget. But as we know, there's lots of different kinds of design, from graphic design to landscape design. I didn't get specific enough. So about a year into podcasting, I recognized the error of my ways. And instead of changing the name of my podcast, what I did is I started calling it Affordable Interior Design Presents. Because really, my company is the one who's footing the bill for this podcast, so they are truly presenting this show. Additionally, then when people would Google Interior Design Podcast, I would actually come up for them, whereas Big Design Small Budget just wasn't specific enough. So I would say that my download rates nearly doubled when I did that, and it was essentially a new day. And I wish I had done that from the start, really made it a searchable name that people would be typing in so they couldn't help but find my podcast. In terms of growing listeners, I regularly post this on my personal Facebook feed as well as my business's Facebook feed, telling people what shows are hot right now, what episodes I'm thinking about, um, sharing recent trends, and then linking directly to my podcast. I also send out a bi-weekly newsletter to my list for my design business, and every week in there, I'm sorry, every other week, in the sidebar, I include a link to the most recent podcast, and I give a little blurb about the content that they'll find on that week's podcast. I think that there's more that I could be doing. I don't think I'm really giving enough time or attention to growing the listenership of this podcast because I've got so much else going on in terms of running a business, doing a lot of media appearances, and then also having a family I just feel pretty pulled in a lot of directions, not to mention the fact that I regularly have my own design clients. I take between one and three clients a week. So it's just a lot. And of course, there's a lot of places we could be putting our energies. And I'm afraid that the podcast, in terms of increasing membership rates, hasn't been my top priority. But I really want that to change in the fall because the content that we give is really valuable, I feel. And I feel like it's something a lot of people aren't doing in terms of really opening up and sharing their personal experiences as well as their trade secrets. And so I think it deserves uh, even higher listenership. I just have to figure out how to get there. In terms of recommendations for inspiring podcasters, I think a key to being an inspiring podcaster is to constantly be giving valuable content to really be thinking about giving value as you're recording. Also, of course, I would want it to sound great. And I always look for that consistency. So 
I really get disappointed when my favorite podcasters skip a week or two. It's always such a bummer to me, even if they let me know they're going on vacation. And certainly you should be allowed to go on vacation. But I literally wait for these podcasts to drop on my iPhone. I refresh and refresh until I see it pop up. And it's fun to know that maybe people are doing that for me too. So the key, I think, to being a great podcaster is to getting that consistency down. And I will say that with all the balls I'm juggling, sometimes um, I've skipped a week or two. Not too many, but uh, it's happened and I'm working on that because I think that is the key to being awesome. With my business model, like I mentioned because you were asking in your um, list of questions how the podcast helps to fuel my business. And I would say that it doesn't too much. Like I said, we've got the commercials that are inside the podcast that draw people to both our website and our services. And I think we do regularly get some clients from that because we offer a virtual package. So a lot of our listeners are, of course, not located in the tri-state area here in the Northeast, but rather they're all over the nation and international. So people have found us through the podcast, and we've worked virtually in Argentina. We've worked virtually with clients in India, in England. Uh, So people are finding us, and they're reaching out to especially take advantage of that virtual plan because, like I said, not everyone who listens is here in the New York area. In terms of advice that I've come across for podcasters, hmm, I think you need to be really passionate about your topic. Podcasting is such a big deal right now. Everybody and their mother is getting a podcast or is thinking about creating a podcast. And I would say podcasting is a marathon, not a sprint. You need to make sure that you have enough to talk about week in and week out. My advice to a new podcaster is to create a 10-part series and whatever your expertise is. So I'm going to create a 10-part series in um, picking the perfect paint color, getting paint right for every room. It's going to be completely paint-focused. That way you can have a set of episodes that people can come back and listen to. You can play with that set of 10 in terms of posting it on your website, trying to promote it through your social media outlets. And I think it's a good test case to see if you have the stamina to keep it up for years and years and years. Because a podcast is a serialized experience. So people do expect that you're going to keep going unless you start by saying, this is just a five-part fun peek into the world of window treatments or whatever you want to focus on. So I would say start with that small series. See how it works for you. See how much time it takes for you to either find an editor or to edit things yourself. Make sure it's really going to be worth it for you before you jump in with both feet. I jumped in with both feet, but I had a performance background, so I love performing. It really is an outlet for me to not only share those tips, as I'd mentioned, but also present. I love teaching. I love being in front of an audience. So it's definitely feeding me in that way. And I'd been a designer for so long that I knew I would have years worth of tips and topics to discuss. Additionally, my industry is constantly changing. So I knew I'd be able to talk about those fresh topics that come up as well. 
I would say that after about a year and a half, I did sort of run out of topics and I ran out of a little bit of inspiration and I really leaned on those listener questions to get me re-energized, to help me get refocused because I truly felt like I'd covered it all. So I still really depend on those questions and I still really feed off of that energy. So if you guys do have questions, you know, keep them coming at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. You can also go to BigDesignSmallBudget.com and uh, send in your question that way. You also asked, have I found anything particularly helpful or advantageous when creating my podcast? Yes. So when I was first thinking about creating a podcast, I was a huge fan of John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneur on Fire. If you haven't listened to it, he does a daily podcast. I think at this point he must have thousands of episodes. I was a guest on one of them. I was such a big fan that I submitted to him and I said, I am perfect to be an entrepreneur on your podcast. But he also has kind of this splinter series that is all about how to create a podcast. And he has a Facebook page, I think, or a group called Podcasters Paradise. I never joined the group, but I definitely listened to his uh, episodes on how to create an awesome podcast. And he gave a lot of great specific advice that was easy to follow. He said, launch with three to five episodes. I did that. He gives tips on how to top the charts on iTunes, which is easier said than done. He just gave lots of great insight. And I really credit him with being the motivation for me starting my own podcast and paving the initial path. And also helping me realize that I did not want to edit it by myself. He gets into the nitty-gritty details of that, and I was like, uh, no, thank you. So he, I also credit him with helping me realize that I was going to need to outsource that. In terms of poor decisions I've made with the podcast, I think one of the poor decisions is that, you know, every now and again, it's difficult to be consistent. So for instance, this week is a holiday week, and uh, my episode is coming out late. And I apologize for that. But, you know, it'll it'll come out and it'll be great. Something else that I think was a misstep is, um, hmm, let me think. Well, of course, I mentioned the name issue, that I wasn't easily searchable due to my poor choice of name originally. And by adding that little beginner on that mentioned interior design specifically, it's really boosted everything. I think my premium membership model is a little bit problematic in the fact that there's lots of different ways you can go. There's lots of different companies you can use. The company that I use takes 50% of all the revenue that comes in. So I really have a hard time getting any traction financially, even though I have a lot of premium members. So I love my premium members. I try to give them lots of great content. But right now, that additional content costs me more to create than I actually make in revenue from those members. So that has been very disappointing um, because I have a huge membership and I'm not seeing big returns. So I probably would have gone with a different membership model. Certainly, it's not too late to segue, but once you get things started, it's really hard to change. So that has been a challenge. And in retrospect, you know, since I actually lose money on the premium members due to the content costing more than I make, I would have definitely done my premium membership model a different way. I don't necessarily have the answer to that and what I would have done differently, but 
I would have reconsidered it and thought a little bit more about it. In terms of things that have been out of my control that I think have impacted my success, hmm, you know, I don't think I've given it that much thought. I really do this as a fun outlet, but like I mentioned, in order for it to be worth my time and money now after two years, because now it is a little bit more work now that I've covered all the main topics I think are important, and now that I'm really searching for additional topics and things to discuss that will be of great value, the podcasting has actually become more difficult as the years go on. So I think that just finding ways to keep it fresh for myself has been the biggest challenge. I don't really think I have too many competitors in terms of the interior design podcasting world. I do certainly have a few, and certainly I'm not the top-rated interior design show every week. I am every now and again. It, it of course, changes week by week. But uh I think maybe pouring some more of my energy into becoming more seen and becoming a bigger presence in the podcast world would be something that's worth my time if I'm going to continue for the long run. So this fall, I'm really giving a lot more thought to how to expand, how to reach my listeners, because it's very hard to reach podcast listeners and get feedback from them because All the tracking devices that are in place, say, on a website or on Google Analytics are not necessarily available for podcasts. You can see how many people download your podcast, but you can't see who they are. You can't see their demographics. You can't see how old they are or what they want to listen to or if they're male or female. So you can't really tailor your episodes to your audience unless you send out a survey and hope that a lot of them fill it out or do something else to encourage them to reach out to you. Certainly reviews are a huge help in this industry in terms of getting noticed. So I think I would put out bigger pushes for reviews, bigger pushes for people to subscribe rather than just download episode by episode. Those are two really great ways to gain gain traction in the podcast world. And let me see, any books or resources? Well, like I said, I would definitely look into hiring the podcast shop because if you don't feel you have time to do anything but create content, they are an awesome team over there who slices and dices and makes everything easy for me. Check out John Lee Dumas's Podcaster's Paradise. I haven't been back since I started my podcast, which was two years ago, so I'm sure that there's even more amazing resources out there. But I must say that podcasting for me is not only an addiction of mine in terms of listening to podcasts, it's also a lovely way for me to share what's new, what's next with a really wide range of listeners. So it's been very rewarding for me while financially draining, but it has been a labor of love. And now I'm thinking it's time to segue from love to strategy. So that's what I'll be focusing on in the fall. Um, So I think I've gotten to all your questions, Simon. It has really been a pleasure being on your podcast in terms of Entrepreneur Decoded. And I hope that this new venture, whether it's a blog or a podcast, um, leads to a lot of revelations for other podcasters because I have been learning a lot along the way. And at the end of the day, I really love podcasting. But it's definitely been a roller coaster of... um, 
both energy output and financial output, but ultimately it's been worth it. And I hope to continue for a long time to come. So there we go. Happy podcasting, everyone. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. Even better, become a premium member. Yes, you can become a premium member of Big Design Small Budgets podcast by going to bigdesignsmallbudget.com. Not only do premium members get access to our archives of over 100 episodes, you also get our bonus episodes, which give you a sneak peek into my world as an interior designer. Every week, I share a new vignette, a new anecdote, new tips, all in that bonus series. You won't want to miss it. To become a premium member, go to bigdesignsmallbudget.com. It's $3.99 per month or $39.99 for a year's membership, and you're going to love it. I guarantee it. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.